0: Mr. DeLaurenta had been ill on and off, I had believed that he was on the mend. Are you serious? I replied. No, I haven't heard anything, but I've also been driving through L.A. for the past hour and have not looked at my phone or a news What happened? She very nicely explained to me the rumors that had been whizzing around their newsroom and she was reaching out to me to see if I could shed any light on the situation or just confirm his death. But I couldn't, not without real facts. I knew I needed to call my staff back in New York right away if Mr. De La Renta had indeed passed away, we had to write his tribute. And fast. I hung up and almost immediately got a call from another CNN producer for Don Lemon, who had the time slot after Anderson Cooper's. Finally, I decided I had to pull over and scan my emails, and that's where I saw one from ABC News. It was true. Mr. DeLorenta had died, and my heart sank. I knew I was going to be late for dinner, but this required my immediate attention, it was now a personal and professional situation for me. I'd lost someone I truly admired and respected, but I also had to cover it as news in real time. It was all new territory for me. I dialed one of my editors back home in New York. It was late, but it was also an emergency, and in the internet world, you never stop working. We chatted quickly about what a good man Mr. Dolrenta was and how the tribute I wrote should be personal because I just couldn't see honoring him any other way. We decided, in an effort to be fast and to get me to dinner on time, I would dictate to this editor while I drove. Multitasking, the story of my life. And my fashion career has always taught me how to handle it well. Just tell me what you remember and love most about him, my editor said. I'll string it together right now and send it back to you to look at. Less than an hour later, I would be sitting at dinner at Bestia when that finished story came through on email. I excused myself and ran to the bathroom, So as not to be rude at the table, of course, scrolled through the text quickly, typed a few notes, and off it went. That memorial tribute would be up on my site and live in less than a minute for hundreds of millions of people to see. Back of the table, though, I confessed. I told Sophia, my dinner partner, about all the balls I had been juggling that night on the way to dinner, and she, of all people, completely understood. If there's one thing the fashion industry prepares you for, it's creative juggling. Wearing many hats, figuratively and literally, is a very foundation of finding success in my industry. And after more than 20 years of laying that foundation in the fashion world, I'm now prepared for the front lines of any battle. Consider me that ultimate style obsessed multitasking ninja, nodding and saying yes to everything that crosses my path, and always delivering my best on it. I and Sophia know that accomplishment well, a feeling we both really love. After all, she is hashtag girl boss, I am the slashy. For my entire career, in fact, for pretty much my entire life, I've been the ultimate juggler, the multi-hyphenate, the boy who does too much. The year before I launched Yahoo Style, I launched a clothing collection for QVC called Styled by Joe Z, where I would bring a beautifully designed, trend-driven mix-and-match line to women everywhere. My philosophy was that getting dressed each morning didn't have to be frustrating, but should be fun and chic. And my collection set out to do just that, like I was styling every woman's wardrobe each morning. While I was promoting that line, I did a series of interviews, and one particular blogger asked me what it was like to be the ultimate slashy. And bam, that was it. She was right. That single word defined so much of who I was. We are officially living in the slash generation, and thank God fashion had prepped me. If you think about it, it makes perfect sense. In our parents' day, you had one job your whole life where you would rise through the ranks and were proud of the success path you carved out for yourself. And if you had two jobs, well, it meant you were in dire straits and wasn't something to brag about. Today, if you aren't doing multiple things, it becomes a hang-your-head-in-shame moment. A recent 30-year-old millennial employee of mine who only wanted to be hired as a contractor versus becoming a full-time staffer declared that he or she did not want to be perceived as doing only one thing, even though he or she was. A single job was now taboo. Looking back, I realized I was always this way, even as a kid, an overbooked, overambitious, overzealous, overachiever. I'm a person who only feels normal when his head is just short of spinning off into the galaxy, and always have been. Here's my proof. In my formative years, I was a school kid slash wannabe piano player slash after-school disco dancing student slash weekend window shopper slash overall know-it-all. In my teens, I was an annoying, hand-raising, first-row-sitting student slash